appreciate it fully, um, but the scriptures speak to it, and uh, and it's uh, uh, something I think will be a help to you tonight. You take your Bible, and we're going to look at Matthew chapter 21, and uh, we're going to start in verse number 23, Matthew chapter 21, and verse number 23. We're going to read a uh, Lord willing, to the end of the chapter, uh, or, or verse 46 anyway, and uh, which is the end of the chapter. Starting in verse number 23, the Bible says, Let's stand out of respect for the word of God. When he was coming to the temple, the chief priests and the elders of the people came... Twenty-one, twenty-three. I make sure I'm on the right page again. Sometimes I miss the mark. You find it, brother. All right. Verse number twenty-three. The elders of the people came unto him as he was teaching and said, "By what authority doest thou these things? And who gave thee this authority?" And Jesus answered and said unto them, "I also ask you one thing." which if you tell me, I will likewise tell you by what authority I do these things. The baptism of John. <clears throat> the baptism of John. Whence was it? From heaven or of men? The Bible says they reasoned with themselves, saying, If we shall say from heaven, he will say unto us, Why did ye not then believe him? But if we shall say of men, we fear the people, for all hold John as a prophet. And they answered Jesus and said, We cannot tell. And he said unto them, Neither tell I you by what authority I do these things. But what think ye? A certain man had two sons, and he came to the first and said, unto, and said Son, go to the work in my vineyard. And he answered and said, I will not. But afterward he repented and went. Came to the second and said, Likewise. And he answered and said, I and said, I go, sir, and went not. Whether of the twain did the will of his father. And they say unto him the first. And Jesus saith unto him, Verily I say unto you that the publicans and the harlots go into the kingdom of God before you. And John came to you in the way of righteousness, and you believed him not. But the publicans and the harlots believed him. And ye, when ye had seen it, repented not afterward that ye might believe him. Here another parable. There was a certain householder which planted a vineyard. He hedged it about and digged the wine press in it, built a tower. And he let it out to husbandmen and went to a far country. And when, he came, when the time of fruit drew near, he sent the servants to the hus husbandmen they might receive the fruits of it. And the husband took his servants and beat one and killed another and stoned another. And again he sent another servants more than the first and he did, the, did unto them likewise. Last of all he sent his, them his son saying they will reverence my son. But when the husband saw the son they said among themselves this is the heir. Come let us kill him and let us seize his inheritance. They caught him, cast him out of the vineyard, and slew him. And when the Lord there 
therefore of the vineyard cometh, what will he do to these husbandmen? They said unto him, He will miserably destroy those wicked men and will let out his vineyard unto other husbands which shall render him the fruits in their season. And Jesus saith unto them, Did you never read the scriptures? The stone which the builder rejected, the same has become the head of the corner. This is the Lord's doing, and it is marvelous in our eyes. Therefore I say unto you, The kingdom of God shall be taken from you and given to a nation bringeth forth the fruits thereof. And whosoever shall fall on the stone shall be broken, but to whomsoever it shall fall, it will grind him to powder. And when the chief priests and Pharisees heard his parable, they perceived that he spake of them. But when they sought to lay hands on him, they feared the multitude because they took him for a prophet. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. We thank you for your word. We thank you, Lord, for the illustrations of truth. The Father, that we can make personal applications for and in the week that we're going to uh, be exercised in this uh, to follow. We ask, Father, that you bless each person with the Holy Spirit to understand. And also, Father, the faith, Father, that comes from your word. The Lord, to be obedient. And Lord, to recognize the blessing and the encouragement that can come from the things that we hear. I pray that you'd help us tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Have a seat. <clears throat> so, the idea of being is the idea of authority. Authority is something that, like I said earlier, we probably don't recognize or appreciate, but it's something that we can't really survive without. Authority is that which is giving direction authority is that which is giving uh, uh, a sense of of knowledge and it doesn't matter who you are we all are under somebody's authority God's authority having respect for it we read this it says <clears throat> it's your life and do you understand it if you do understand it, you understand that it defines the will of God. When you take your Bibles and turn back with me, you'll see in verse number 21, or I'm sorry, verse number uh, 23 through 27, they were questioning who and his authority. We have the individuals uh, questioning as he taught in the temple. He said, and uh, uh, he says uh, to them, uh, let me see, verse number 24. And he answered and said unto them, I will ask you one thing, which if you tell me, I will, will tell you by what authority I do these things. So he asked them this question, and of course answered it in verse 20 the baptism of John. Whence was it? From heaven? Or of men? Basically, he's saying what? Either it, that what John was doing, it was ordained of God, and John was ordained of God, or it was just a passion of that person, John. When we do God's will, it's either our own passion, 
or it's God's will, or it's God's passion. It's easy to define in many ways. Our passions usually don't run parallel with God's passion. That's why it takes faith to do it. If you can do the will of God without God's help, you're probably not doing the will of God. You be the wife you're supposed to be. You be the son that you're supposed to be. The daughter. Whatever God, or the church member that you're supposed to be, or the pastor that you're supposed to be. If you can, if you can accomplish that without the help that comes from God, then you're probably not doing it in God's authority. God ordains his authority to be accomplished, and he ordains that to be accomplished through his strength. Turn with me in the book of Matthew. Chapter number 16. Matthew chapter number 16. The Bible says here in verse number 5. When his disciples were come to the other side, they had forgotten to take bread. If you're following along. Then Jesus said unto them, Take heed, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and of the Sadducees. Okay? That means that what they were doing and how they were behaving themselves wasn't good, neither for them nor the people that were following them and the people they were affecting. And the Bible says in verse number 7, what did the disciples do? They reasoned among themselves. You go back and you look at what we read in Matthew chapter 21 when he asked him uh, 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 the baptism of, of John. When was it from? What did they do? They reasoned among themselves. See, when you find God's will and you know what God's will, you don't have to reason with yourself. Matter of fact, if you start reasoning with yourself, what's going to happen? You're not going to follow the word of God. You're really what's going to happen. You're going to follow not God's authority. But you're going to follow either the leaven of somebody around you. That's not following the Lord. But if you know God's mind. You know God's heart. How many times does a wife get into trouble? <laughs> she has a figure, an authority figure or a headship in her home. All right. She knows or should know what the will of that headship in her home is. And yet she says, well, listen, I kind of think maybe he's not got it quite right. What is she doing? She's what? Doing what? Reasoning within herself. What she needs to do, if I'm not certain about what the will of my headship is, I should go to him and say, listen, I'm not sure what you want here. I want to do what you will for me as, uh, as uh, a person underneath you. And the children would do the same thing. They would not reason within themselves. They would look and say, listen, I need to get a clarification on this. I'm going to go back, ask again, uh, get the certainty of it. When you and I are not certain of the will of God, what do we do? We don't reason within ourselves. We seek out God. Say, God, what is your will? What is your want? What is your desire? If that's not taught, and we're going to get into this a little more later. If that's not understood, 
when you grew up. Most people did not grow up where there was a headship or authority over them. They were struggling in the home over this authority or over leadership. Usually leadership that's not of God is not going to have the proper leadership in the home. And so what we have is that if, we were, if you were raised with a sense of I'm not sure uh, uh, and there's a squabble over who the leadership is or doubting the authority of that leadership, what happens is the children begin to do what? Come on, if there's no leadership, what happens? They start reasoning within themselves. A son or a daughter that's under the proper uh, leadership in their home doesn't have to reason within themselves. They know what they're supposed to do because the leadership, the authority over them has made it very, very clear. I.e., if we go back to the Christian life, when we're living for the Lord Jesus Christ, we say, I'm going to live by faith. It means I'm going to find God's will. I'm going to look to the Lord and I'm saying, Lord, this is your will. Now, I need your help and I need your grace to accomplish what you want in my life. I'm not going to reason within myself. I'm not going to try to figure it out. I'm going to say, this is your will. God, help me to do it. Look with me in Mark chapter number 2. Mark chapter number 2. Again, it goes back to this problem that people in a, that struggle with authority have. Mark chapter number 2, verse number 6. Um, we're going to go back and pick it all up because uh, you need to understand what happened. Verse number 1, and again he entered into Capernaum and someday... After some days, and it was noise that he was in a house straightway, many gathered together, and so much that there was no room to receive them, no, 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 not so much as about the door. And he preached the word unto them, and they came unto him, bringing one sick of palsy, which was born of four. And when they could not come nigh unto him for the press, they uncovered the roof where he was, and when they'd broken it up, they let down the bed wherein the sick of palsy lay. I always like this story. I've heard so many good preaching on this story. Think about it. It wasn't their house probably. Maybe they knew the person who lived there. But notice the expression that Jesus says. And Bible says, when Jesus, what? Saw their faith. He saw their faith. He was disappointed. He was upset. No, the Bible says when he saw their faith, he said unto the sick of the palsy, Son, thy sins be what? Forgiven. Wow. What authority this man had. He acted on the faith that he saw. He's seen them responding to the need of this man who was sick with palsy. They tore up the roof. They said, we can't get in. We need to get him to Jesus. It's the will of God. I know he wants he'll take care of him. I know he'll heal him. And the Bible says when he saw their faith, he says, thy sins. But notice in verse 6. But there were certain scribes sitting there and reasoning where? In their hearts. They couldn't see this faith. 
They couldn't see the will of God in this. They didn't think they were doing the right thing. The Bible says, Why did this man thus speak blasphemy? Who can forgive sins but God only? Well, you could have figured it out, couldn't you? Who could forgive sins? But they reasoned within themselves. See, when we start reasoning within ourselves then we're going to undermine the God-given authority that God's put in your life. I'm so glad, and I've only figured this out just recently, and I, I don't mind sharing it with you. When I was growing up, I had authority in my home. It wasn't necessarily my father, it was my mother. But she was an authoritarian. She was, the, she was the disciplinarian. She expected when, I, when she spoke for me to do, act on what I, what I heard. And when I didn't act on what I heard, I knew something was going to happen. I knew something, was, something that was going to challenge, because I challenged what? Her authority. And I look back at that and I think, well, my mom wasn't saved. My mom didn't know the Lord. But you know what? My mom understood authority. I respected that authority in my life. Matter of fact, many of the things that I exercised in my adult life, I look back. I went back to church. I took my family to church. Not to the saved church, not to a born-again church, but I took my family to that place that God, I think, had given me the ability to see that it was right. I, I appreciated that. I respected that. I honored that because it affected my life. I said, well, it didn't do me any harm. It did me good. I'm going to do the same thing for my family. I'm going to be an authority in my family and say, we need to be in church. I'm going to take you to church. I'm going to be leading the example to be there. And I look back and I say, you know what? I have something in my life that a lot of people in this world don't have today. They never had somebody that says, this is the way it's going to be done. This is my, this is my will. I'm, go I'm going to exercise that you accomplish what I want, and I want you to do it in your life. I remember my mom, my job, we had a, we had a porch, and the porch came out of the upstairs, and it came down a set of steps, made a turn, and then there was another set, set of steps that went down into the basement. On this side of that turn, it was kind of a broad turn. On this side was called a coat cupboard. This is where all our coats were supposed to be stored. On the other side, the basement side, was a boot cabinet. Guess whose job was it to keep the boot cabinet clean? Mine. And you know what the boot cabinet is like in the country? We lived on a hog farm. All right? Guess what you wear when you go out to feed the hogs? Boots, right? Guess what it's like to clean up the boot cabinet? Huh? What does it smell like? Well, that's why I need to be clean. My job was to clean it. Well, you know what? I didn't like cleaning the boot cabinet. It stunk. So I thought, well, you know what? I'll just go around and I'll arrange all the boots a little bit and say it's done. Straighten them all. You know how kids are. They just open up the cabinet and throw the boots in. Well, if you clean it, you know what you do? You kind of clean all the pans. They had two steel 
trays in the bottom, and you'd have to wash the pans out. I just kind of, kind of, really kind of needed all the boots. I'm not done, Mom. Guess what Mom does? Do you think she takes my word for it? Huh? Was I the authority? No. She says, well, I told you to do it, and I told you how to do it. Now I'm going to inspect it. Guess what? Kurt! I told you, you didn't clean it. Yeah, I, I, no, you didn't clean it. I said to clean the boot cupboard, not straighten it up. What was she acting like? I thought. I learned, and I guess why? It wasn't just come and clean it up. There was some discipline put in as well. Not only do you have to clean the boot cover, you have to clean the steps now. Guess where I got that, boys? Who is, how many of that? Remember that, Arthur? Huh? How many times you had to clean the steps? Blame my mom. All right? Blame my mom. I was acting as an authority in my life. So verses 6 through 12. If I'm in the right chapter. Let me turn back there. Chapter 2, if we get down through there, Mark, I'm sorry, went the wrong way. <clears throat> they reason in their heart, says, why does this man speak blasphemy? This is Mark chapter 2, verse 7, who can forgive sins but God? And immediately when Jesus perceived in his spirit that they what? So reasoned within themselves. See, God knows when you start reasoning within yourself. He knows what's going to happen when you start reasoning within yourself. Is the will of God going to be done? Is it? No. Not going to happen. And so they reasoned within themselves... And he said unto them, why do you reason things in your hearts? Whether well, it is easy to say the sick of palsy, thy sins be forgiven thee, or to say, arise and take up thy bed and walk. It didn't make any difference. God said, I, it's my authority. Guess what? That man's sins were forgiven. Verse number 10, but, but that ye may know that the Son of Man hath power on earth to forgive sins. He said unto the sick of palsy, I say unto thee, Arise and take up thy bed and go thy way unto thine house. See, that's the difference when we look at following God's authority and recognizing and appreciating. So listen to me now, parents. You are in a position of authority. You want your kids to respect authority. You want your kids to to follow those that God puts over them, you especially at the beginning, later on in their life, God is going to give them a pastor, and you want them to respond carefully, then you do your work. You do what you're supposed to do. You respond and say, listen, I have to be the person of authority in their life. I can't let them reason within themselves. And when I suspect that they've reasoned within themselves, and God will give you that wisdom, you correct it. Because if you don't, then they think that somehow authority isn't really authority. 
You know, I, I, I would, I, I'll take some time, but if you look up the word authority, you'll find that there's an honor and a respect that needs to come. If your son or daughter talks to you in a disrespectful way, no matter how small, no matter how many, you know what? They don't even have to say anything. You realize your son or daughter can show disrespect without saying one word. Let me know that. How do you know that? By the way they look at you. How many of you, how many of you as, a, as a child were called down by the way you looked at your parents? They got a wrong attitude, then they have a wrong idea about authority. You want them to find God's will, and you say, God said it, it doesn't matter whether, whether I believe it, I'm just going to do it. It's God's will. Honor God. Secondly, let me give you an idea here. In Matthew chapter number 21. Look with me in verse 28. Matthew chapter 21. And verse number 28. So he wouldn't tell them. But he says this is a teachable moment. He said, I'm going to really work with this. So he gives them an illustration, which I read, and they come to the right conclusion. Did you get that? He gave them an, uh, an everyday illustration. He says, uh, I sent these guys to work. Two sons, one went, said he would go. And the other said, no, I won't go, but he repented and went. The other son said, I'd go, but he didn't go. And he says, which one, was the, which one was, uh, did the will of his father? They both knew what the will of God was. One, first of all, he did what? The first one says, I won't go. He's being honest, right? What, what began to happen, though? He said, I won't go. What began to work? Repentance. Man, I, I disobeyed my dad. I, I, he began to think within himself. Oh, that's not right. I can't answer my father like that way. That's not showing respect. He told me what to do. And then he got, he got to think about, oh, man, that's so wrong. That's a shame. I, 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 yeah, I better go get done what I'm supposed to do. The second son did what? What was his response? What did he say? I'll go. What did he just do? He lied to him. Lying. Are you listening, kids? You know, one of the most egregious things that as a parent you should do, the first thing I'd always work on was that they lie. Boy, if your kids lie to you, I couldn't take that. Woo! That, that would get me through the roof. That'd be worse than telling me the truth. You tell me a lie, and you t I find out you lied to me? Woo! I was hot. If I knew you told me the truth, yeah, I might get after you. I might scold you. I might discipline you. But boy, you tell me a lie. Listen, it's not pretty. 
Why? When you lie to somebody, that's showing what? When you say, now listen to me, it doesn't just stop with lying. When you give it an excuse, please, come on, parents. How many of your kids tell you uh, an excuse, but really, it's, that's all it really is? Everybody understand me? Is there a difference between the truth and an excuse? A whole lot of difference. When you, somebody tells you the truth, they're telling you from their heart. When they give you an excuse, they want you to, they're in a sense, they're telling you a shade of another lie. You know what parents do? They begin to take excuses. You know, when it's your pastor, I always hear excuses. Why? Well, this and that and the other. Okay. How many think that I can know excuse when I hear it? Yeah, how many think I can recognize an excuse? How many of you parents recognize that when your kids give you an excuse, a lame? When they're small, they really give lame excuses. It's fun when they're small. And, and, and if you don't correct it, guess what they do when they get older? Oh, they really get good at these excuses. Pretty soon you begin, mm, I don't know now. Well, you know what? If you never allow an excuse to be told, then the, guess what? They never get good at it. And they never get good at really, instead of really calling an excuse, start calling it a lie. You remember that thing that Brother Hoover used to say? He had a thing for excuses. He says it's a, it's a lie covered with a thin layer, I think, of truth. That's what an excuse is. So have you learned it? Good conscience. All right, let's see what this one man had. First of all, I think he had this. He had a fear in his heart. I think he feared. Well, wait a minute. I can't just do this. There's going to be some consequences if I don't uh, do it. Secondly, had he knew what was right. He says, no, there's, what I did was wrong. What dad has asked me to do is right. To obey my parents and to follow their will. There was truth. They said, listen, I'm going to live a lie. I'm going to live a inconsistent. There's, hey, I, I'm going to do what my dad says because I love him. I appreciate him. I'm thankful for him. There was a respect. And when that was all there, what was accomplished? The will of God. Now, what are we going? What are we talking about? What's this whole subject on tonight? It's authority. See, when I'm as a pastor, when I, I, I'm finding the fruit of your children. I asked them to do something. Nothing difficult, nothing within their reason to do. And they just won't do it. No, I'm not going to do it. Who are you? What do you think God thinks of that? What do you think of that? Me, what do you think God thinks of that? 
I'm thinking, really? So you know, I, 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 I pity them. I pity the fact that they're going to struggle all their life with the will of God. They're going to struggle with what is right. Because they, they come up to what is right, what God wills. It's not easy. It's going to take faith. It's going to take obedience. It's going to take honor, respect, fear. It's going to take a love. It's going to take all those things to be able to accomplish that. But who's going to win? Who's going to win? You are. God's going to get the glory. And you're going to benefit. God's going to get the glory, but you're going to benefit. Your God's going to reach down and say, God, I'm going to bless them for obedience. That son that didn't do the will of God, no, I'm not going to do it. And then he thought, wow, I've got to do that. And yet these, now, careful here, because remember, Jesus is talking about what group of people right now? Who's he dealing with? Pharisees and Sadducees, right? I mean, I don't know about you. This always, uh, I thought about this. I think about it. Maybe I'm just uh, weird this way. But I'm thinking, man, the Son of God came. The God's only begotten Son. He came in all of His glory. And He came to Mary. And, 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 and He walked the earth. And, and, and he, he got up and He preached the gospel. And, and, uh, he, and, and John looked down and says, Here, Here's the Lamb of God that taketh away the sin of the world. And the very people that should have known that, appreciated that, understood that, didn't. They could not respect the authority God sent. Right now, there's people that cannot or will not respect, honor, fear that authority God has put in your life. And I pray for you. I pray that you'll say, well, you know what, maybe the reason I'm lacking in this area is because I really didn't see it like Pastor did in his life. I really didn't, uh, I didn't really get involved with that. I just kind of done my own will most of my life. When I wanted to do the uh, will of my parents, I did it. When I didn't, I didn't. And, I, and the people that were in my life that, that God was using in my life, I followed them to the degree that I wanted to. Other than that, I just did whatever I wanted. Who lost? I'm praying that Satan has finished being so destructive in your life. Right, Mohan? I'm praying for that. I'm praying that, that no longer will you disrespect or dishonor the, 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 the authority that God has put in your life. How many of you believe that the Holy Spirit in your life is a person that is of authority. You know, that's, that's a concept that <clears throat> is very challenging. If you look in verse 33, because this is, is fully developed and I, he uses another parable. He says, here another parable. Got to get this, folks. Guess what? These Pharisees and Sadducees didn't get them, but who was listening? <laughs> there were some other people listening. The apostles, other people were saying, wow, well, what's he saying here? These guys aren't getting it. He says the, the, the common people heard him. But the people that were proud, self-willed, 
Notice what he says in here, another parable. There was a certain householder which planted a vineyard, hedged it about, digged a wine press in, built a tower, let it out to the husband, went into the far country. When the time drew near, he sent the servants to the husband that they might receive the fruits of it. Remember what he's referring to as the prophets. This is an example. This has always been the case. In verse 35, the husband took the servants, beat one, killed another, stoned another. Remember, he's talking about the prophets God sent throughout the ages. See, this is a common problem. And if you can recognize it in your life, you can stop it. And sent other servants more than the first, and they did the same likewise. And last of all, he sent his son. He's saying, well, they, they will reverence my son. I, I'm going to send the one... The sinless one. I'm going to send the one that's doing miracles that none of the rest could do like he could. Born of a virgin. But the Bible says when the husband saw the son. Did they recognize that Jesus was the Messiah? Yes or no? I think they did. And yet they still couldn't follow. They still would not submit. We got a problem. The problem is that if we don't recognize your rebellion, if you don't recognize where you're heading, then you're not only destroying yourself, you're destroying those that are looking to you as well. And they caught him and cast him out of the vineyard. When the Lord cometh, what will he do unto these husbandmen? So the second thing, it says, not only have you learned it, but are you living it? Now listen. It's not unreasonable that you we question authority. That's normal and natural. Turn over to John 14 as we get ready to close. John 14. We all know this verse. We memorized it. It's something special to us. He says in verse 14, chapter 14, verse 1, he says, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. God is that authority. In the Father's house are many mansions, and if it were not so, I would have told you. <clears throat> And I go to prepare a place for you, and I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. Sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Have you ever heard that verse before? We are, gonna, we are presently, when you walk by faith, and when you follow his authority, you are constantly in the presence of God. And notice what it says here. And whether I go, you know, and the way, you know. Notice Thomas. Always Thomas gets the bad rap here. Thomas said to him, Lord, we know not whether thou goest, and how can we know the way? And we know the next verse, don't we? Jesus says what? I am the way. I am the way. 
You know what we want? We want everything laid out for us. We want to know the beginning, the middle, and the end. And God doesn't do that. How many of you know what's going to be tomorrow? I don't know what's going to be tomorrow. I think I'm going to go to work tomorrow. I think I'm probably going to have a bag test tomorrow. I think I'm going to start one of my new jobs. I think I'm going to, I'm going to have to tell them that I'm going to some of the collateral duties and I'm going to go to part-time. I won't be able to do these anymore. I think that's what's going to happen, but I really don't know. I think my car is going to start in the morning. I think I'm going to be able to get to work. I think I'm going to be able to get home. But guess what? I don't really know. Jesus said he's what? He is the way. That means I don't have to worry about tomorrow. All i got to think about is putting my faith in his authority. I'm going to get up in the morning and say, Lord, I'm going to have devotions this morning. I'm not sure what the day's going to be. Did you know? I'm just going to put all my trust in you. I'm going to look to the truth. I know you're going to be with me. And if you're with me and I'm following the truth, then I'm going to have what? The life. Thomas says, I don't know about this. Thing. I, I'm kind of scared you going away like this. I'm not sure about you going to, how can we know the way? Uh, and Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. If ye had known me, ye should have known the Father also. From henceforth ye know him and have seen him. I says, I've been doing this already for you. I've been the authority in your life. I've been leading in your life. I've been the strength in your life. Nothing's changed. Nothing will change. But if you haven't been following the way, the truth, and the life, then guess what? You don't see it now. You don't see the benefit in it now. You don't see the blessing in it now. Notice why did they not want to give reverence to the Son? I'm going to stop, but notice why they didn't want to give reverence. Let us do what? Let us seize the inheritance. There's a reason. There's a reason. It's not, it's not that they didn't know. They knew. They just wanted what Jesus what? What? Wasn't Satan doesn't? Wasn't that he didn't know who God was? He rebelled against God. I'm going to give you one example. Look in John chapter three, and uh, I can't stop without giving this example. John chapter three. Here is, and I believe what our testimony should be. John chapter number 3. Find it again. In verse number 25. <clears throat> There arose a question between some of John's disciples and the Jews about purifying. 
say, you know, really, which, which is really. And they came to John and said unto him, Rabbi, he that was with thee beyond the Jordan, to whom thou bearest witness, behold, the same baptized, the same, and all men come to him. Which one's, which one's the right one? Which authority is it? John answered and said, A man can receive nothing except it be given him from what? Heaven. Ye yourselves bear me witness that I said, I am not the what? Christ. But that I am sent to before him. He that hath the bride is the bridegroom. But the friend of the bridegroom, which standeth and heareth him, rejoiceth greatly because of the bridegroom's voice. This is my joy, therefore is what? Fulfilled. See, when we recognize and appreciate and follow God's authority, we get to hear what? The voice of the bridegroom. And when we see him work and do his will and his will is accomplished, we stand on the outside. Woo! You see what God's done. Wow, have you seen what he's done in my family, what he's done in my life? We rejoice because he did it. But see, our problem with authority is we want to capture the glory. We want, we want somehow to get a, a part of it that God says, no, you, you're going to be rejoicing just to see me work. It's the way we're made. It's the way we're designed. So recognize, folks, and listen. Please, first of all, parents, get under God's authority. Just get under it. God is telling you what you need to do and what you need to accomplish in your life through his word, through the church, and through the preaching, through the teaching. God's showing you, just get under that authority. When you get under it, you just, you just resolute. You get up in the morning and say, God, I don't know what the day is going to be. I need your help. I want your will. I want to stand back and rejoice over what you're going to accomplish in my life, in my family's life, in my in my." Uh, uh, children because you God are the way the truth and life There's, I, I don't need to reason within myself I don't need to think this through all I need to do is look to you that's all I need to do and you will be that person that I'm you know you, the most happiest people in the world that have given their life and the surrendered to what God's will is. They don't reason within themselves. They if, you, if you take a moment and you start questioning and, and balming this around in your head, listen, you will never get it done. You just says, here I know this is what I, I know this is what I need to, I've just got to do it. By the grace of God, I need to do this, God. You have that kind of spirit and you be that kind of authority in your home and guess what? You will reap and reap and reap the blessings of God. You start reasoning. Kids, listen to me. 
mom and dad are that authority in your life, please, for your sake and for their ease of parenting, please submit yourself to their authority. Are you listening? You will be blessed because of it. God will see your faith and say, listen, I, I don't want to do it, but God has put my mom and dad in my life, and I'm going to do, by the grace of God, I'm going to be honest, I'm not going to lie, I'm going to do what I've been told to do. Because God will see from heaven and recognize that I'm following him. Do you love God's authority? should because it takes out all the angst of, of life yeah there's problems but listen you just give them to Jesus you say I don't know how I'm going to deal with it but I'll give it to Jesus God I'm following you I don't know how I'm going to get through this I know it's not easy to live by faith but it's a lot easier if I don't a lot harder if I don't let's stand as we close Father we thank you for the truth I'm thankful for John 14, 6. Father, that I don't have to reason within myself. Every time I do, Lord, I, I feel terrible inside. I don't feel good. But Lord, when I just resolve that I'm going to do your will, I'm just going to follow you, no matter what the challenge is, no matter what the difficulties are,